Well, my motto is test, not guess. Welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, the weekly show for nomads, work campers, RVers, and entrepreneurs looking to earn a living or build a business while enjoying the RV lifestyle. This week's host is Jim Nelson. Let's settle in and enjoy the RV Entrepreneur Podcast brought to you by RV Life. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the RV Entrepreneur. It's Jim here with RV Life, and I wish I knew about today's guest a few years ago when I was troubleshooting the furnace in our fifth wheel. I pulled that thing out three times, replacing inexpensive parts when I knew all along the problem was probably a bad control board. And it was. I did learn everything I ever cared to know about RV furnaces, and I created some helpful DIY content for our Live Work Dream blog, but I could have saved money, done the job a lot quicker, and with a lot less cussing if I had called Jeff. Jeff Melatesta is a ASE certified mechanic with 40 plus years experience servicing everything from automobiles to M1 tanks. During his 25 years or so in the army, he not only honed his technical skills, but also fine-tuned communication and processes to help others repair their own vehicles out in the field. Now at rvdiagnostics.com, Jeff provides one-on-one support via video chat to help RVers and RV technicians diagnose and solve any problem. From electrical and appliance problems to diesel engine repair, we discuss basic troubleshooting and diagnostics for anyone going the DIY route. And we dive down that rabbit hole of those simple repairs that end up opening up a nasty can of worms. And we talk about how to know when it's time to leave a job to the experts. When it comes to RV repair, Jeff knows his stuff, but he's also got a great business model. I wonder why RV companies don't offer a similar live support line like many hardware and software manufacturers do. Jeff's also full of fun stories. So let's hear what he has to say. But speaking of support, let's take a quick break to hear from those who help make this show possible. Ever wished you could learn more about RVing from the experts? With RV Life Masterclass, you can. Gain access to a wealth of knowledge through online courses and a resource library filled with insightful guides. Whether you're a novice RVer or a seasoned traveler, there's always something new to learn. Start expanding your RV knowledge today by visiting rvlife.com. Jeff, thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, technically, this is the RV Life Entrepreneur Podcast. So I like to ask all my guests two quick questions first before we dive into stuff. And one is, you know, how were you first introduced to the RV life? And what does that look like now? Um, I was a little kid, went down south, deep south coal mine, Virginia, and camped out with the cousins of mine, which meant you were tenting. <laughs> that was my first experience. And then we went from there, you know. So um, what does being an entrepreneur mean to you? Going out on your own, trying to make your ideas work. It's kind of like the field of dreams, build it and they will come. I've never worried about the money, even though you have to worry about it to a degree. I just kept going, being myself, treating people with respect, decency, and understanding that they wanted to really learn their RV, but each one had a different learning curve. 
That makes a lot of sense. And um, it seems like you're doing that now. You, you seem to have a pretty unique service there with RV Diagnostics. There are plenty of DIY YouTube channels out there and RV technician courses or quote unquote experts, but I don't see others offering a one-on-one service like you do. And I want to get into all the specifics there, but let's back up just a bit. What did you do in your previous life? Before I joined the Army, uh, you know, back in the 70s, uh, you know, the economy was, you know, up and down, up and down, right? And I went from garage to garage working on cars and, you know, there you go. So I've been a mechanic all my life. My dad had a tendency to lend me out to people as a young man to keep me out of trouble. And my favorite one was the TV repair man. Huh. That's where I learned my electrical electronics background. Fantastic. And then you mentioned the Army. What, what did you do in the Army? How long did you spend there? And, and when did you retire? I retired a little bit after Desert Storm 1993. I fell in love with the M1 tank. I went in when it was brand new. Of course, we built up, you know, the east-west German wall with it, right? And, and I loved it over there. I didn't go in to stay in. I went in to get the education fund money, and then I fell in love with the camaraderie. You know, the term, you got my six, you got my sure. back. And so it wasn't about the money. Of course, what a lot of money in it. But you subsidize that with, if you could fix their tank, When they got out of the field, they brought you your car, their car to fix. So I was always making some kind of money, right, and and learning more. Before we got started here, you mentioned communications and and processes. So were you just wrenching on tanks, or or what were you doing out there? Well, you you know, in the military, you start out on the bottom. And, of course, all my senior NCOs were Vietnam vets. So as twisted as they were, as a young civilian in the military, you were trying to understand what they were putting you through. But they were smart enough to realize that, hey, this character here, me, is pretty good at what he does. So they kept on me and kept, you know, and, I, and they just never slacked off. They had to teach me how to be a soldier, but they knew I was a damn good mechanic to start with. And then I just kind of, I never once ever, it didn't matter if you use an E5, E7, or E1. If you were sitting next to him, I said, did you understand what I just did? Let's go over it. Because that's what training is about. You know, you're you're out there training, playing Army. <laughs> and, you know, because when the real time comes, you ain't got time to have school time. That's what I call that. It's not time for school right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I loved it. I would never trade it for nothing. That training comes into play with what you're doing now. When did you first get this idea to start RV diagnostics, and how did that evolve? Believe it or not, we was out on the uh, Outer Banks, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina areas, and one of my Army buddies said, hey, I got a friend down by where you're at. Can you help him? Yeah, of course. Tell him, call me. Well, he wanted to Facebook me. So (laughs) the only thing I had on Facebook was... I didn't know Facebook, but I was on it. And the only reason why I used it was to try to find some of my soldiers to regroup memories. So we used the communication and I'm like, well, I'm right down the road. I'm like eight mile markers down. Won't you let me go? Oh, no, I don't know who you are. I'm thinking my friend told me that was my army buddy. (laughs) 
up. <laughs> That's where you go, okay, this is the way you want it. So there we go. We did it through the Facebook video link, and we got them up and running. It was this heater. There you go. So this, when you say you got it going, you actually communicate with him via video on the phone, walking him through a repair on his RV. Yes, step by step. And like I say, I, I always contribute that to my military background because I would get calls on the communication system. Hey, we got this tank down as well. It's going to take me an hour to get there. Like, cause my, my track vehicle did about 20 mile an hour max. <laughs> so I would talk some of the tankers through what to do and they would come back and say, okay, this did this. I go, Ooh. And so now I know what the next step is instead of just getting there blindly and one, possibly them not protecting their area. There you go. We'll say it peacefully. So you're offering customer support, customer service, almost as though someone buys some hardware or software, they can call telephone support and have them walk them through certain issues. Is that the main difference that uh, you see that you offer besides all those other experts out there on YouTube? Oh, I've, you know, I've seen a few of them, not to mention them, but oh yeah, we got the same thing as you. So I pretend to be the customer, sign up for it. They won't do one-on-one. Well, we're not going to be responsible. I said, well, that cat's out of the bag in the beginning. I, you know, I can tell you what to do. I can watch you, but sometimes people react differently to what you tell them. So, yeah, it's all about communication. It's gotten better. You have the Google Translator now, right? Mm -hmm. Don't laugh. In Japan, these people are buying these 1980s RVs. They heard about me. Of course, their English is about good as my Japanese. (laughs) So so we're using this translator. I just laugh at it because back in the days, 20 years ago, we'd have never achieved this. Right. I can't take time to learn Japanese. <laughs> so you, you're obviously you know serving people anywhere, doing one-on-one service, taking calls. You can actually connect with you to have them walk through repairs. Is there a typical customer or client? Is there anyone like define your client for us? Yeah, because uh, when they join the Facebook page, which is like thirty-three thousand members now, I ask them, "Do you know what a multimeter is?" They go. No. And I go, well, <laughs> I know where I'm starting at now. Start there. Um, so I made a bunch of little videos and I said, okay, we'll watch these videos on these multimeters. Cause you know, they all, I get bashed by some techs every now and then. Well, they should have a fluke. Well, they're not going <laughs> to go spend $700 right. on, I have them. So I went to Lowe's and what's that other one? Uh, Home Depot, or whatever sure. your hardware stores it and, and bought those meters made videos on those because that's what they're going to buy. Smart. I, I don't need them to have an eight channel lab scope. Like me. Right. Right. There you go. So, but my favorite one was, uh, she was, I think she was 82 years old and she goes, well, I think you could help me. I says, okay. So she started showing me the inside of her travel trailer. She ripped it all the way out. Wow. All these wires are hanging. Well, I'm trying to figure out how they work. I go, Oh God, <laughs> but it was persistent. You know, okay, first you got to learn the meter. Go test the battery. Oh, that battery's bad. And believe it or not, uh, that was one of my longest ones. I think I had 40-some hours in that. And somebody would go, well, that ain't worth it. I said, it was to me because if you could hear her, she was so happy. And now she's self-reliant. 
And that's what I'm trying to teach, to be self-reliant. Now, we are all prisoners of the parts system. You're going to have the same amount of trouble as me getting parts as anybody. I mean, you know, just because I I might know you have the toe tickler module don't mean you have one in stock. So all I do is help people learn how to troubleshoot. There you go. And that, you know, you might put a lot of hours in that, but it really is fulfilling and you got a customer for life and it's a great testimonial. But when you look at something like that, are there any basic troubleshooting skills or steps that might apply to like any mechanical issue, like at a a conceptual level, where does one begin, whether it's plumbing or electrical, et cetera? There's a series of videos I put together, which took me five years in the army to put this program together you know, writing it down, all that didn't work on 40% of the folks in the army, right? So you learn, everybody has a learning curve. So it's called MECP. So always ask them, you know how to spell mechanic? They go, yeah. I said, tell me the first four letters. And they get it, M-E-C-H. I said, stop right there. There's a P for pneumatics, but let's just worry about M-E-C-H. And I say, M's mechanical, E's electrical, C's chemical, H is hydraulic, and I guarantee you, you won't leave those four fingers every time we talk about something on your RV. So they have something to go back to as a reference. And what's the other one? Um, some of the people bash certain RV manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Say, well, they make the body, they make the frame, right? But they don't make the refrigerator. They don't make the heater. So you have to learn that manufacturer. I'll leave that one go right there. <laughs> I've actually spoken with quite a few um, service centers over the past few years, and they're all backed up and they're all having a hard time getting good talent. But the main complaint was the appliance manufacturers not following through on the warranty stuff. So it, all the, the issues that are coming yes. into the shops are usually the appliances, not necessarily the RV itself. But back to like service in general, being up here in Alaska, we recently swapped over to studded tires on our truck after a certain incident on Mm -hmm. some ice. So we had a roadside mechanic came by. He had a ship, uh, a shop in his panel van, all the tire equipment. He showed up. Turns out he was also a roadside assistance guy for RVs and he does some work with CoachNet. But he said, I no longer do RV roadside jobs because you can't estimate them. You, you show up and it's usually a big old can of worms. So is there any way to look at a project and be able to know what you're getting into? You know, after 50 plus years in the, I'll call it automotive industry, sure. automotive, not related to a car, but just, I'd say 80% of mine are pretty close, but you're talking, you have to know the commonality of heater manufacturers, hot water manufacturers. Until you do that, I still go with the old saying, time and parts. And I tell them, when I was, I'm retired now, and I, I have my own little school here, and people show up, and I have over 200 Canadians that are on, uh, what do you call it, retainer. So April here in uh, Delaware is a lot better than April in Canada. <laughs> yes. I, they come this way, and they learn. But for estimating all that, you – you can, and I tell them, it is an estimate. So you have to watch. Each state's different. You're allowed to be plus or minus 10% of the estimate. Hmm. So, you know, 
how can I know every RV manufacturer, how they stick that heater in there? I can't. I tell people that. I can't till I see it. So that's where my little thing, I can see, you know, hey, let me show me what you're looking at through the phone. And thank God for modern technology. It has its good and bad. So I use it for the best good. For estimates, that's the only way I can give you a good estimate is look at something first. Just to call me up and say, oh, yeah, my water heater. Well, is it yeah. gas? Is it electric? Is it, is it the new fancy continuous, right? Sure. <laughs> it's like, but to them, it's a water heater. So I understand where that guy was coming from. It's, a, it's tougher and tougher to be a tech today than it was in the 70s. Well, I wish I knew about you on our first trip to Alaska when we had a water heater and and the check valve went out and it busted off in the heater. And I yep. was, you know, trying to find a heater up here. I did find one and it was outrageously expensive. So then I had to find a tool shop just to get an easy out large enough to get that thing out of there. I had to take the heater out just to stand on yep. it to get that part out. But when I got it out, oh my God. But it took troubleshooting. It took me diving in there and finding out what the heck is going on, all because of a noise I could have lived with. Well, you did it. And, and that's that's not to brag, but I don't own them personally. But there's over 90 RV garages that techs, um, when they join the website, of course, they pay more than what a private owner does. But actually, they're in the field all the time. So I when I when once they start learning and that little learning curve just keeps going up, you hear from them less and less. So I have about 90 garages, RV garages that text. We just sit down like you and I right now, talk about it. Like, okay, what are you seeing? What, even though, well, we're not there right now. I'm at home. I wanted to call you and talk to you about this multiplexing stuff. I'm like, bingo. I've been doing it since 1980 multiplexing. So it's, it's a walk in a park for me, but yeah, outside of that, I, Congratulations on figuring out your heater. (laughs) It took a while. And that's just brilliant that you're actually offering the service to the techs out there so that they have someone to turn to. So they're out there doing a job, but they get into a corner and they have someone to turn to. So that brings me to the next question here. Like, what are some signs of a particular job that might indicate it's time for someone to call an expert rather than just go the DIY or YouTube it and just dive in like I did? Um, When I see the individual, kind of like when you go to a bank, the banker's going to qualify you for a certain amount of loan, if any. His first two questions are, are you capable of paying anything? That's what the first two questions really are about. Then... The next couple of questions are about how much can you afford to pay each month? And then the next couple of questions for how long? So I learned that from a banker. So now I applied that to a human being. It's learning. I always start out with this real basic couple of questions. What's the opposite of positive? And the answer is negative. So I take it to the next question. I said, okay. Do you have any idea how electricity works? No. I said, okay, now I want you to go back to the first question. What's the opposite of positive? They'll go negative. I said, okay. However electricity works on the positive side, how does it work on the negative? The answer should be the opposite. If they come up with 72 different versions of that, I have to pull them back and say, hey, no teacher in the world can stand up in front of your class, ask you the first question, and the second one did not feed off the first. What's your first name? Jeffrey. You know what the second question will be. What's your last name? 
So that's what I try to teach. I try to get them in the mode. And if I don't see that happening in the first 15, 20 steps, I have to ask myself, should they be playing with AC electricity? <laughs> Even DC. It ain't it ain't AC or DC that you have to worry about. It's the amps. It's the amps. The amps will kill you. <laughs> but I don't know if that answered your question. But <laughs> I would say right now, RV Diagnostics is at about a 97% success rate of individuals learning their RV. And once they learn that RV, they ain't got to learn yours. They just got to learn theirs. And that's the key. They know their water heater by heart. They know their model of propane heater, their model of refrigerator, their engine. I teach them their RV, but they don't have to know what I know. There you go. They just got to know theirs. Are you ready to elevate your RVing adventures? With RV Life Pro, you're not just getting a service. You're gaining a reliable companion for your journey. From planning your trips with precision to navigating with confidence and even connecting with a vibrant community of fellow RV enthusiasts, RV Life Pro is your all-in-one solution. Don't just dream about the perfect adventure, live it. Visit rvlife.com today and discover how RV Life can enhance your RVing experience. They have you, and you're the one who knows all the systems. So of all the systems that are out there, are, do you have a favorite type of RV repair that you prefer to do? I love anything electrical. That's my baby. That's my forte. Because the M1 tank was a rolling computer, all right? That thing, that kicked ass, excuse me, that thing did sure. very good in Desert Storm. It could do 40 mile an hour moving, shoot a moving target from two miles plus, 97% first round hit. So that included computers, gyros, thermal imaging system, the whole complexity of the MECP rule, mechanical, electrical, chemical, hydraulic, pneumatics, came together on that. And I was in my heyday. Not to brag, but the military had a program called Cash Award Program. So if you had an idea, you scribbled it down, sent it in, and everybody and their brother had to approve it. Well, somewhere along the line, I made a pretty good amount of money off all that stuff. I loved what I did. I This is a passion. That's what people, people go, why do you keep doing it? You're retired. I go, why not? I, I have fun. So I'm blessed to say that my job, my work is fun. Does my body think that at 64 sometimes? No. <laughs> well, that's why you're doing it on the other end of the phone now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still that, I think one one week, I had 412 calls. Wow. And there's a time zone. I have them in Australia. Um, okay, how did it go? Okay, so it's over five years old now, this concept that it started out on the Outer Banks, just helping one individual. And I said, my wife and I were just laying there and bed. I said, man, I'm going to start RV Diagnostics. That's all I said. And she goes, well, how are you going to do it? I don't know. We're going to do it. Here's, we're going to try this out, <laughs> which it's nothing but a bunch of tries. That's what entrepreneurship's about. You try something, and if you ain't that successful at it, find out why you weren't, revamp it, move on. It's kind of like the military, right? If you didn't do too good on that mock battle, you go back and you train again. Uh, but, uh, Okay, your next question. I'm sorry, I got off content. No, not at all. I, I was just going back to the electrical thing that you mentioned. That's like one area I would presume is where most people would want to turn to an expert. Like 
I know enough electrics to be dangerous, but I yes. do know enough that I could get something and figure it out. I've, you know, fixed my water heater because of the testing mm-hmm. the thermostat and such. So do you have like a preferred type of customer? I presume you also sometimes get the know-it-all or people like me who know just enough to be dangerous. Who do you prefer to work with? All of them, because okay. it's a challenge. And I like a challenge. If you have the know-it-all, you just have to, uh, it's okay, I'll let the cat out of the bag. Stroke his ego, you know. In the military, I'd hate to say, or any business, when you're in business, you use people to achieve the goal of whatever the business is. And people don't want to hear that word use. Right. But if I'm going to get used, I want to get paid for it. So there's the polite method. So I use your strength, find out your weaknesses, and then I get in on the weakness and bring it up. I don't need to really enforce your strengths unless I see it get weak again. So, yeah, there's a couple out there. My favorite ones is the couple, right? The old couple. And Harry, I told you. And they get into an argument right there. My wife's in the other chair going, oh, my God. I just sit back here and I say, you know, this is your dime, right? And I, y'all, can, y'all can get into it all you want. So, And one of them told me that the proverbial F off. Like, you know, I said, okay, I, I need to. Shut this phone down. When y'all get it organized in there, you give me a call. (laughs) They called you for help. They better accept the help. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and don't get into a argument over, you know, did you hear what he said? It was funny. It's it's like a husband and wife uh, been together 30 plus years. You know, you just kind of let it go. And I go, no, we ain't got time for that. Stay focused on the problem right here. We got to get this done. (laughs) I bet you've had quite a bit of exciting calls. What was the longest support call? You might have mentioned already, but the longest call or the most interesting call? I had 40, probably 50 hours into that older lady. And she made a testimonial video that you could tell it was old fashioned. You know, it was just the way she said it. And it was comical. And, you know, she used the analogy of the little train that could, you know, remember that story? Yeah. You know? And she was the little train and I didn't give up on her. And she didn't give up on me. And I'll always tell people when you get a hold of me, stop me. If, if I say 18 words and you got lost at the fifth one, shut me down. Cause I've been doing this for so long. It's just right. Like <laughs> a nature, right? I can go down a road and go, Man, I smell antifreeze or I smell battery acid, right? And no, you know, to some people, they ain't going to pay attention to nothing, right? So, you know, what you do, what I do for a living, we try to make it come together there. I ask them what they did for a living. Oh, I was a doctor. I was a lawyer. I was a salesperson. So that helps me understand how your mind has been, for the lesser of the word, programmed. So it helps me help you. And, and that's where the communication plays just as important, if not more important role than the actual mechanical skills, because they're the ones actually turning the wrench if they need to. Yes. What kind of tips do you have for people to communicate effectively to people in difficult situations like that? I'm sure out in the field, you've got guys in tanks that are getting fired at and they need to get something oh, going. Yeah. So yeah. under well, stress, they're stressed. How do you keep them calm and get them to reach their goal? Uh, when they do get a little upset, you say, okay, um, 
when you first get the call or they call you, you ask them, is this like an emergency? Is somebody going to freeze to death or somebody going to die of heat exhaustion? I need to know that right away, right? Because then that decision will be made, you know? So, and like you say, the personal part of that individual, we try to keep calm. And I tell them, we're going to do it. We're going to make it. One girl, she did it for her dad out in Arizona. And she taught me the word mansplaining. You <laughs> You're mansplaining. mansplaining. I'm like, what in the heck is that word? I didn't know. <laughs> I had to look it up. Right? <laughs> she was like an English major, right? <laughs> so I said, well, I appreciate that. She goes, never once did you ridicule me. I said, why would I do that? She pulled her own heater out. Bench tested the day. <laughs> and I'm watching them. You can do that. That, that one bolt stuck. No, it, it is. But it will come out. Trust me. Now, and I always kind of make a joke. I said, now you know what the RV techs are putting up with. I said, it ain't fun sometimes. We're going to get you past this stuck screw. And we're going to get it out. And we're going to get back. But that's going to take me an hour. And I'll call you when I'm done. I said, then I'll be here. <laughs> but you got to get that screw out because we got to move on. <laughs> so, or a couple hours. There you go. Yeah, a couple hours sometimes. Oh, yeah. I'm in my garage cussing at a 10 millimeter bolt every now and then. So <laughs> I've been there. I, I had a, I'm having a flashback because I pulled out my heater. Most common cause, it's usually the control board on there when it stops working. And I knew that, but that was a couple hundred bucks. The little fan sail switch, that was a few bucks. And the little thermostat switch in front or the, the overload switch, that was just a couple bucks. So I took it out about four times to replace all those five, six, eight dollar parts and ended up place, replacing the board anyway. But there was that one little nut at the bottom of the heater the first time I pulled it out. The thing wouldn't come out. <laughs> you learn these things. And if I had you on the phone, you could have said, hey, you're missing that one nut down below. Yes, you're missing that one. Well, my motto is test, not guess. And they'll ask you, what do you think it is? I don't know. <laughs> and a couple of them got upset because I said, I don't know. Well, well, how can you do what you do? I said, because I start at a certain point. And the certain point is the battery. Everything on an RV basically works off of 12 volts. Even though it's married to a hydraulic system, even though it's married to a 120 volt system, it's 12-volt control, so I go there first. And we all know that all RV owners maintain their batteries 100%. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> Are there any RV jobs that you just won't take on? If someone calls with a certain thing, do you not go there? On the diagnostic part, no. Um, on the real physical part, since I've retired, I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday RVs. I got half a million dollar, two million dollar coaches come in here and and I have fun with them. I even got a this one guy brought a pop-up, right? And, and it was all gutted. I said, dude, what, what do you want me to do? Oh, no, no. My daughter wants it this way. And I want you to just get the lights working so I get my tags. Okay. <laughs> Don't ask why he gutted it, but I, I just leave it alone. But um, I, for the tendency of my physical limitations, <laughs> I try to stay away from diesel heads and stuff. Cylinder heads. Major overhauls. Major. Yeah, there was a day when I would say, yeah, bring that diesel pusher in here. We're going to put you a new motor in. <laughs> no. You'll still do the diagnostics <laughs> no so and find out that that's the problem. Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, we get these people that do those. Uh, the older diesel pushers now are, are bringing premium money because they are built. The old gassers. 
I don't know if you remember like the Class A Bounder. Sure. All the way up to like 2006 and all. That was, they weren't indestructible, but they were built damn good compared to today. Uh, and we'll talk about the quality um, <laughs> of everything has changed. That's for sure. And we're living it. But um, so the older ones now, they'll they'll try to buy like two at an auction and I'll get a call. Right. Oh, somebody refer me to you and oh, this engine ain't running right. I'm like, OK, what what engine? And then we just go. We keep going. And, you know, and some of them you laugh at them because they'll go, well, I only camp from April to October. So why should I pay you one hundred fifty dollars a year? Can I pay you by month? No. I says, because you call a tech. He going to charge you 150 just to show up before he touches your RV. So they go, well, if you're going to do it for fun, why are you doing it for money? I said, because my computer, my website designer costs money. Mm-hmm. I said, I pay those folks. I said, so you know, it's okay to make a little bit of money, but no cylinder heads, big, big work. I've even thought about maybe not doing air conditioners no more, rooftop units. But I got a pretty good garage. I got it set up. I'm modifying it to help with my physical limitations. Yeah. There you go. You kind of touched on expertise there. And, and I like to talk about how you don't pay the expert for turning the screw. You pay them for knowing which screw to turn. All yes. those years of experience. Yes. So let's talk about um, something fun for just a second here. I know many times out on the road, we don't have access to all the parts we need or something to fix. And I know from working on a ranch up in the field, you might need to repair a rake with bale and twine or a screwdriver. And on that first trip through the Yukon I was telling you about, we busted a leaf spring and there was a seasoned old gruff man with a cigar. said, we'll get you on the road. I got a chain and some wire. Well, I had roadside service, so I called them. But what was the greatest hack you ever did just to get something working again, even if only temporarily? Well, talking about diesels, back in the old days, they weren't computer controlled. And that line that goes from the pump up, <laughs> it's got some pressure in it. And it somehow it ruptured. I don't know how, maybe when it was worked on, I guess, two years prior to by somebody it was twisted a little bit. Them lines ain't perfect. You tweak them a little bit, they get weak on that tweak. I don't know how I did it, but I came up with some kind of patch and we wrapped it. I had a, uh, it was like a heat tape for exhaust. And I said, okay, we're going to scrub all the paint off. We put that on there, hit it with a torch and uh, like a butane. And I said, then we're going to wrap it with some, you know, hose clamps because you had to have back in them diesel pushers didn't have a lot of power. And so if you lost one cylinder out of six, you knew it. Yeah. We didn't have to worry about emissions. You didn't have to worry about things getting clogged. But, you know, he was out there. The Eastern Continental Divide is like, I don't know, 4,200 feet. But out west, you got 7,000. Mm-hmm. And he had to go back. I said, well, here we go. I, I forgot where it was, Iowa or something. Iowa. Anyway, I'm going to patch you up. I'm going to get by. But please find you know, back in, we didn't have all this GPS and, you know, you could say, okay, in 30 miles, I'm coming up on Joe's diesel garage, right? But I said, I don't know where nothing is. <laughs> when you bought a Ram and Natalie map, it didn't tell you where right. all the little diesel places were. 
That was probably it. Now, some of the military stuff, oh, you don't want to know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets you there. Yeah. Being a farmer, those guys, uh, they would weld with batteries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People laugh at us, but hey, it works. I've been there. It's five miles back down to the shop and you just got to get the tractor back down the hill. You, you do what you got to do. So what kind of hobbies do you enjoy, if anything, when you're not focused on RV diagnostics? Well, I got tired of prices going up and I got a big old 59 by uh, 52 by 39 foot and 15 foot high garage. So I was heating it at you know, three plus thousand dollars a winter in propane. I said, well, let me put a wood fired forced air furnace in. And of course, you know what you got to do there. You got to constantly feed it. So now I've learned about Andrino Android programming and I'm getting ready to implement a a temperature regulator so it keeps it at about seven eight hundred degrees and keeps it burning right you know because what else do i got to do but every that and, and i finally hooked up my wireless temperature so it'll go if it goes too high eh, eh, in the garage <laughs> or gets too low right i had the damn sounds the same i'm like i don't know which one it is <laughs> so i had to go look <laughs> so i learned how to change the sound so now i'm into programming and Andrino, you can buy them. They're cheap. Yeah. You know? I just have fun. So it sounds like your hobbies still involve figuring stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a disease. <laughs> <laughs> so what's in store for the future of RV diagnostics? Do you ever see yourself expanding to have more text taking calls? What's going on? Well, that's kind of a neat story. One of my members is a... Uh, like he's got a pretty neat band. I put them on my Facebook page to, you know, promote them, right? Not everybody likes the same music. So there you go. Well, so he, uh, he'd been with me four or five years. He got a diesel pusher and he knows that thing back and forth. Every now and then I get a call from him. He still pays his little dues and, and he'll say hello. And I'm trying to get out where you're at. And I said, I got no, you know, I'm starting to meet people. So, he called me up and he said, would you mind if uh, I've gotten so good at this because of you? He said, would you mind if I start repairing, you know, RVs? Because I meet them at these campgrounds that we play, you know, he's got a 45-foot diesel pusher with a trailer full of, you know, and all his musician and his wife's in there. And I said, I don't really care. Why would But it was, I was honored to be asked. Sure. <laughs> I said, no, go ahead. He says, well, he says, I'm you know, if I get stuck on one, I'll pay you extra. I said, no, that's not what it's about. I said, but I appreciate it. You know, I do because I'm, I'm on Social Security now, I'm on military retirement. So we all know until you hit 66 and 10 months at my age group, 1959, you lose if you make too much Social Security. So now I'm just, I'm having fun, you know. That's what it's all about. Got to have the fun at what you're doing. Well, in the beginning, when I had to pay super bills and I was stupid and bought new cars and stuff like that, yeah, I had stress of paying all that. But now I just got grandkids to spoil. <laughs> but speaking of all that, aside from the YouTube channel and your membership site, do you have other solutions you're offering people? Do you have a school for like private RV owners to go to yes. and learn? Yep. Yep. I tell, and it's, I hate to say it's highly successful because I have to watch you know, what I take. And of course, you know, they're, they're driving and they'll go call me up. Oh my God, Aunt Sylvia got sick and we had to turn around. I'm sorry. It happens. You know, and I, I use the, uh, the analogy of John Lennon was going out to get an ice cream. And somebody shot him dead. 
He did not plan to get shot. So life happens when we plan. But the school was pretty unique because all I asked them to do is when you come to the school, take a lot of notes, make private videos, just don't post them because we're going to kind of be BSing a little bit. You know, and I want you to ask if, right? What if? That's a great question. Well, what if that don't work? What do I do? Like you say, some want to call it jerry-rigging. Like, I wouldn't tell you professionally, but when somebody calls from Alaska, which they did, and their heater, it was their over temp mm-hmm. uh, switch on the heat exchanger went bad. You need to bypass that bad boy and keep yourself heated. I said, but don't go to sleep. I said, because the thermostat will still kick you on yeah. off, but I don't want you to go to sleep. <laughs> I want you to get out of the where you're at in the cold. And, and where are we going with all of it? What came out of it? You know, the movie Field of Dreams, Build It and They Will Come. I want to go to Alaska. There's 112,000 miles on my beaver right now. We own a 99 beaver diesel pusher, one slide, but it's comfortable for us. Hydronic heating system. But I didn't realize, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to calculate this. You know, I got so many campgrounds. I got to stop by. This is that kind of money. Well, 80% of the trip, people have said no. Stop by here. I got 50 amp service. Some own campgrounds. You ain't got to pay. We would love to have you just to meet you personally. I'm like, wow, this is like, that was a savings right there. If I decide to go there, <laughs> that would, that's like 10 grand of saving right there. Mm-hmm. So that's what I call bartering, bartering myself, I guess. I don't know. They offered it. I didn't ask. They offered it. I'm like, damn, this is pretty cool. We call it alternative forms of currency. You know, it, everything you make doesn't always have to be the money. It just has to make, right. you, make you happy, like you said. Unfortunately, somebody wants a piece of that. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Jeff, <laughs> tell me, where can people find out about all this you're doing? What's the best way to reach you? Well, the Facebook page, some people don't do it, but it's RV Diagnostics. It's just what it, the YouTube channel is 680-some videos step-by-step. And please comment on them because I answer every one. It might not be the day you log it in, but I will get it. It will be that week. That's RV Diagnostic YouTube. There's the website, which is at $150 a year. I forgot what that is, $12 a month or something, right? No, you can't do monthly. You got to pay $150. And you text me and we set up a time. And if it's an emergency, you know, I have to designate the emergency, right? You can't say, you know, your light bulb went out. Right. It's <laughs> but it, we get around that. The other one is the school in the garage at 22480 Bloxham. This is funny. I live on Bloxham School Road. Huh. And it's Seaford, Delaware, 19973. And I guess after I made, I don't know, you can only make so many testimonial videos. They're all, not to put anybody down, but they're all the same, right? After you see 10 or 12 of them, I don't need to put a thousand. So my wife said, why aren't you like doing testimony videos? I said, well, hon, it's the same stuff over and over. You know? the people had fun here. They made their personal videos. They they'd do a day or two or whatever, right? I got water, 50 amp water and sewage in the back. Just I got a mini campground back here. Come on now. So she said, why don't you make a book? And they can sign it and put their name and all. So we had to come up with a catchy name. So I'm off of mile marker 37 on Route 13, Seaford, Delaware. So I'm going to get a custom sign, you know, the mile marker sign. And 
I guess, take like a 22-inch Alico or a 19-inch steel rim, weld some broken RV parts on it. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. make it weird looking like that. Yep. You know, that's my next thing I'm going to do. And just, let's just have fun and always try to make people understand what RV really means. I wish it did meant recreational vehicle. It sounds like you're doing something right. And I personally think it would be well worth the investment for the membership because when that time comes and you need to talk to someone, I've seen it. You pick up the phone and you talk to people. So thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks for being here and sharing your story. And we'll be sure to get the word out. All right. Thank you. And there you have it. Another example of an entrepreneur addressing pain points that all our viewers experience. Many of us like to go the DIY route. And a small investment in RV diagnostics might be something to consider if that's you. Having a hotline to call is reassuring when you're elbow deep in a rat's nest of wiring or black tank plumbing. And speaking of a hotline, did you know you can call the RV entrepreneur? We'd love to hear from you. We have another Ask Us Anything episode coming up, and we'd love to hear what pains you're having while growing a business on the road. Drop us a line at therventrepreneur.com slash voicemail or post in the RVE community group on Facebook. Together, we can help each other diagnose and solve any problems with our business and make the most of our RV life.